0: Hello and welcome back to the podcast. If you are new here, my name is Nicole Naccioni and I am the marketing intern for the College of Humanities here at the University of Utah. Today I'm here with Dr. Hollis Robbins, the Dean of the College of Humanities. She is a noted scholar of 19th century American and African-American literature, newspapers, film, and poetry, and has written six books throughout her career. She has had an amazing career that I am excited to talk about today. We also are going to discuss how humanities education can benefit your life and career.
1: So thank you for joining me today. I'm really delighted to have this conversation, and thank you for all you do for the college. Yeah, of course. I love this internship, and it has been a
0: great time, and I've learned so much about being here, so it's been awesome. awesome. Excellent. Yeah. First, I would like to start out with your background in humanities and how you chose this career path.
1: Well, okay, so first of all, let me say I didn't choose a career path, and, I, and I, I'll start this way. Uh, To speak to young people, or even if you come back to college and aren't so young, uh, that your path chooses you. Mm -hmm. I went to college at age 16 as a math, uh, on a math scholarship, or to study math, and quickly realized that that isn't what I wanted to do. And I started looking around and taking classes in psychology and philosophy. And in fact, I never, even though I'm in an English professor uh, by training. I never took, or I only took one English class as an undergraduate. I ended up with a degree or a major in creative writing and then did a whole bunch of things. I worked for a newspaper for a while. I was uh, a secretary at the New Yorker magazine for the liquor advertising salesman. And I did all sorts of goofy things and then decided to go back to school and get a master's in public policy uh, at Harvard to talk about how government works how people make decisions how uh, roads and bridges and are funded how, We fund our education system, all sorts of interesting classes about the workings of uh, government, both at the local and state and federal level. And after that, decided to get a PhD in communication. And I started a PhD program in communication uh, and decided I didn't like it. So I dropped out. So I'm a dropout. I'm a communication (laughs) dropout. I worked on some political campaigns for a while, writing speeches and raising money for um, a number of, of candidates both at the presidential level at the governor level at the state house level and then decided I was sort of just didn't want to do that anymore and went back to school to get a master's in English at University of Colorado Boulder then went on to get my PhD and that's the career path so I finished my PhD at 40 oh wow yeah. So this is, this is a second career. And I say this to anybody listening, you don't know where you'll end up. The point is do interesting things along the way, collect interesting experiences, and be a good person along the way. Because the people that you meet along the way, you'll run into later on in a different career or in a different life. And usually your experience adds up to something interesting.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So My next question for you, and this is something that I've also toggled with in my in my mind as well, um, is really what is humanities? And I didn't fully understand and I still don't fully understand. And I am in my fourth year in the College of Humanities. So I feel like the best person to ask is the dean. Of
1: humanities, <laughs> well, it's a, it's a it's a category in a way, and it's a very new category. I mean, once upon a time, this would have just been called an, an education, right? To learn about what has what humans have discovered and uh, learned and known over the years. Um, there's one of the books that I've written as an anthology called "The 19th Century African American Women Writers" that I edited um, with a great scholar Henry Louis Gates Jr. And in this book, there's a collection of 52 women writers, African-American writers through the 19th century, who were writing about their life, their struggles, their hopes and dreams. And each one of these women I would consider humanists. They Some went to college, some never went to school at all, some told their stories to somebody else who wrote it down. But the study of these women is humanities. And what they were doing was humanities by increasing the store of knowledge that we have about humans, about the best of us, about cruelty, and about suffering. So pretty much any topic that focuses on how we live and how we survive as humans could be considered humanities. Now, here in the modern 21st century university, we distinguish between humanities and social sciences, um, like economics or political science, but you could consider those humanities too. Um, We have a separate college of business, but in some ways that could be humanities too. Here I am trying to increase my power (laughs) over, over other colleges. I think even science is in a way a kind of humanities. But in general, I would say, I mean, if you think about a spaceship landing, on University of Utah campus and some, you know, aliens from outer space step down and want to know about us. Which college are they going to choose to come to? I think they'll choose the College of Humanities to learn about humans.
0: That's so true. And you know, I would advise so many people to at least take a course or two in this college, if anything I would say minor or major in humanities because it's such an essential skill set to have that you don't really get to learn in other colleges. And that goes for your career path too, is the beauty of humanities is there's so many different ways you can go with it. And it, it there's so much freedom in what you can do with it. It's not so cut and dry or black and white. And it's not only for your career, it's also, like I said, it's for your skill sets.
1: Right, and I was gonna say that you could think about history as the history of humans, philosophy, as the way that humans think and argue. Communication, the way humans communicate and talk with one another over years. Uh, World languages and cultures, you know, the various languages that we speak in different places. Um, Linguistics, what is language? How how does language work? Uh, English, which is really all literature, what are the stories that we tell each other? Um, and writing and rhetoric studies, how do we communicate through writing over long distances? So these really are particular skill sets and particular focuses or foci um, that may be interested. Uh, you may be more interested in one than another. Well, that was a great answer.
0: I, you've, you've definitely helped me understand it more because I like I said, I didn't really fool, I didn't fully comprehend the college I'm in, which is so ironic.
1: Well, you're doing a great job now, so I'm glad to have this conversation.
0: I am very glad. All right, so my next question is, how has Humanities benefited your life personally, and what skill sets do you feel you have gotten from Humanities?
1: Interestingly, I mean, the thing that I've done most of my life, even while I've changed careers, is be involved in politics, electoral politics. Um and you should think, well, why aren't you a political science major? Well, in some ways, you know, what politics is, is, you know, the ways that humans organize their, themselves. And uh, political campaigns are deciding who is going to represent you or understanding who your representatives are it's really about humans. What does it mean for a human to be a leader? What does it mean to be in charge of other people? What does it mean to make decisions, either collectively or individually? What does it mean to give another person orders? What does it mean to think historically, like, well, we've done th- this thing before, and this is how it turns out? What is war, except human beings angry and battling one another, what is peace except an agreement to uh, live uh, peacefully with one another. Our literature and our philosophies and our histories can tell us about, uh, about questions of politics. So in some ways, um, even when I was working in politics, you know, speech writing or campaigning or um, encouraging people to vote, the skills that I was using were all humanity skills. Um, so ultimately, you know, here as dean, I, my job, my aspiration is to lead everybody in the right direction to do excellence. And whether that's being an excellent student or being an excellent teacher or an excellent researcher to inspire uh, faculty, staff, and students to do as well as as, as at their peak performance I guess is what it's, and and to care about um, if something is standing in the way of uh, a student graduating if people are facing challenges how can I help overcome those challenges how can I support uh, students um, who may be struggling with, mental health or with food insecurity or with housing? What can we do to best make students, uh, best help students succeed? So in some ways, it's the same kind of leadership that one does in politics. But again, it's, it's foregrounding and focusing on humans and human interaction and what has worked in the past.
0: Yeah. And it's exciting for me because I see someone like you who has gone through journalism and has studied communications the same way I have and seeing that my skill sets that I'm learning now are going to go so far because I've only just started, you know, my my journey.
1: (laughs) You're going to go very far. (laughs) Thank you. you.
0: Well, I'm really excited and I am deciding between journalism and marketing and which career path I want to choose. But I'm so happy that I majored in communications because I can kind of do anything I want with that. And it's going to help me in my interviews. It's going to help me develop in my career, get those promotions and really grow to really just become the person I wanna be and I have only communications Primarily, it's a thing for well,
1: that. what it what you're being trained for is not just to bridge the gap between you and me. For you, for I'm hearing you, you're hearing me, but to imagine what is it that somebody wants. Right? When somebody wants to hire you, they're going to look at you, and say, "Oh, uh, you know, this is a this is a well-educated person. This is a well-spoken person." And it's your responsibility to think, "Okay, how can I then see what other people want? What do What do the people I work for want me to accomplish? What do I I want others to accomplish? How do we work together? How do you inhabit um, another person and understand where they're coming from and what their goals and aspirations and how can you align yours with them? Or how can you oppose them? If you are seeing at some point in time, you'll be in some workplace and you will not be aligned with somebody else for some reason. You know, that's a human question too. How do you negotiate that? What do you draw on to say, all right, how am I going to either get this person to be more aligned with my ethics and goals or maybe this is time for me to get a new job. These things happen. Uh, literature and uh, great texts will guide you or could very well guide you.
0: Yes, and I would just like to say if you would like to read any of Dr. Hollis's books, she has an amazing books and she just gave me one of hers. And if you want to learn a little bit more about humanities and really at the core, what it is and how you can add it to your life. I would suggest, first of all, listening to this podcast, but second of all, going ahead and taking a read on those books. So I think that we have answered that question very thoroughly. And something that we also discussed a few weeks prior is this idea of being in a room. And I would love for you to explain that a little bit. And then I would love to share my thoughts on that.
1: Well, if you think about any decision that's made, like if you look outside and are traveling down a road and there used to be a stop sign, but now there's a stop light, right? Somebody made that decision. If you think about, you know, a set of stairs and a handrail or, um, you know, a, a, a ramp for a wheelchair to come go up and down, all of these decisions that you see around you were made by People in a room deciding they want to do something, right? Whether and so the the experience that people have in school, sitting around talking around the table, it's not it's not that that ends when you leave school. You'll be in a meeting some someday where you you will sit around a table and vote on a stop sign, or you'll vote on we need to make this building wheelchair accessible, or you'll vote on, um, well, who are we going to have as department chair or uh, some other decision? Humanists are really good at being in the room, at being, understanding what people want sitting around a table. And when you think about your life, whether you're going to be working for a newspaper, deciding what you're going to put on the front page, or working at a TV station and deciding what's going to be your top story that night, or if you're working in Hollywood and you want to green light one show versus another show, you're going to end up in a room with a bunch of people making a decision, wanting your point and your idea to be heard. And thinking about that now, what does that mean? Practicing that, understanding that all decisions, big and small, are probably made by a small number of people in a room. And don't you want to be in that room?
0: Yeah, and I was really thinking about that recently and where what kind of room I want to be in and that goes with my career path. Okay, what career do I want? I want to be either in journalism or I want to go into marketing. Two very collaborative career paths. And for me, I want to be a decision maker. I I have a personality that I like to say is very loud. <laughs> So I want to be a part of that room and make those important decisions like what the title of my article is going to be. Something as small as that maybe in the next year or so. Or we have a marketing campaign. What is the creative going to be? And sharing those ideas and I want to be sitting in that meeting and having those skill sets to be hit, be like, "Hey, this is my idea. I want to rep- like I want to present this idea." And being able to be collaborative and understanding. And you've said this too, if there's disagreements or there's something you don't exactly resonate with, being able to respond to that. Mm-hmm. And those are things that I have learned so much about in these past four years. So I'm excited for the room I'm
1: going to be in. It was funny. I, I mentioned the stop sign and the stoplight one because I think this was first taught to me. I was probably about 10. I was driving somewhere with my mother and I said, and there had been a stoplight at the end of the road and I mean a, a stop sign. And now there was a whole stoplight with red, green, yellow. And I said, when did they put a, a stoplight there? And my mother stopped me and said, never say they. They. Right, that's a group of people that you could be part of someday. So don't think about decision makers as they identify them. This was probably the town council at the time, and you could know their names. Um, you know, but don't. Oppose your. Don't think about yourself as as uh, reacting to some. They understanding who those mm-hmm. decision makers are, and imagine yourself being part of that if what if that's what you want. So anyway, that's yeah. why I always think that's always my first go to uh, example of 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 a decision making body.
0: Yeah, that is such a great analogy too because when you put it that way, I, it's funny because I've had the same conversation with my mother, <laughs> but on the opposite end where she refers to people as they and she'll say they like it'll be a fact about something was in a news article and she'll say they said this I'm like well who is they who who said it Mm -hmm. and it's one of my pet peeves truly
1: (laughs) good well mothers can learn from daughters and daughters from mothers (laughs)
0: yeah but I think like subconsciously or maybe even a little bit consciously like that's something I've developed in school is it's like citing your sources. It's the same thing. And when you put it into that perspective, it's like, well, who's your source? Who made the microphones we're talking into? You know. Excellent. And when you look in those little details, it's like, okay, well, if people are creating all of these things and creating all these ideas and sharing all this knowledge, it's not just they, they're people. You're a people. We're we are people that can... <laughs> We're people that can create all of these things, too. And when you put yourself in the front seat like that, it's like, okay, I can take control. I can make a difference. You're going to be in that room. Yeah. And I am excited to be in that room. (laughs) (laughs) This was Dr. Hollis Robbins, Dean of the College of Humanities at the University of Utah. Thank you again for joining me.
1: Thank you. This was delightful.
0: Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to Humanities Radio.